Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. And my name's Kay. We will be reading from the Book of Signs by Dr. David Jeremiah. And we are in the Book of Law. Miss Kay, go ahead and start us out because we were talking about the Great White Throne Judgment. The Book of Law. Jesus and Paul contended with Jews who taught that salvation was earned by obeying the law. That error lives on today in the minds of many Christians. Paul reveals the logic, the illogic of this position. If law is a standard, then obedience to the law must be perfect in order to attain salvation. And perfect obedience is impossible for fallen humans. By the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The only path to salvation, Paul asserts, is to claim the grace of Christ by submission to him. For there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who claim justification by law sign their own death warrant. Yikes. For the law itself will condemn those who fail to obey it perfectly. Wow. The book of works. John saw the unregenerate dead judged each one according to his works. Paul writes of those whose end will be according to their works. Jesus promised the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to their works. God will possess a detailed record of every act ever committed by every person on earth. Every sword sin will be revealed, which will dash the hopes of those who rely on their good works to get them into heaven. The saved who will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ will also have committed sins, but their sins will be treated quite differently. They will not even come up before the court. All record of their sins will be erased the moment they place their trust in Christ, and they will appear before the court with their slate white clean. Scripture emphatically affirms this truth, and you know, I just heard this a week ago. I had no idea because I thought that's what happened to us. And in listening to this person, somebody said, well, God, I did this. And he's like, did what? Once you ask for forgiveness, it is forgiven as far as the east is from the west. He remembers no more. You keep bringing it up. You feel guilty. Right. You continuously play it over in your mind and you feel terrible and you feel like you can't come before God because you did this. But you ask him for forgiveness a month ago. He forgot about it. Stop it. Do you, do you not think that that's a tactic from Satan that kind of holds you back and keeps you from going forward where God wants you to go forward? Well, how can that be, Teresa? Are you sure? You said you weren't going to do that anymore, but you did. So 
Wait a second here. You can't ask God again to forgive you. You unworthy person, you. What do you think? I, I do believe that it keeps us from... Oh, absolutely, from, because... From what God truly has for us. Yeah. That darkness comes over you when you sin and you feel... Ter- Thank goodness you feel guilty. I hope well, you feel guilty because well, right. if you ever lose feeling bad... You're in big trouble, (laughs) big, big trouble because Satan has got a hold of you at that point and you keep brushing it under the rug to where you don't care and you just go full forward into your sin. So praise God for the conviction. Exactly. The conviction of the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. Yes. um, I know I do. I I praise God for quick quick conviction. Yeah. And quick recovery because it's true. As soon Ouch. Well, you feel like... Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> you feel like... But I hurt him, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So... You feel you... like there's no way I can go before God again and ask <clears throat> him a hundredth time to forgive me because I, I keep doing the same sin over and over and over again. That is Satan telling you that you can't go before God. That's like your child You're not going to stop your child from coming before you when, you know, they they're they're an addict and they're trying to get over this addiction. And they're like, Mom, I did it again. I'm so sorry. You're going to forgive your children. You're going to love your child. There's going to be consequences. Don't get me wrong. There's always consequences. Right. But your heavenly father will forgive you. And yes, you can always ask him for forgiveness. Don't listen to Satan saying you did it again and this time you're not going to be forgiven because you did it this time and then you sit there and you don't ask for forgiveness because you either don't care or you're so embarrassed that you can't go before God. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blout blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Book of Secrets. Lincoln, and is famously credited with saying, You can fool all the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time, but you cannot fool all the people all the time we can fool god none of the time (laughs) boy isn't that the truth he knows our every thought our every move and if you think you're doing something and he can't see you or hear you you better think again nothing is secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light paul adds god will judge the secrets of men by jesus christ 216 Solomon wrote, God will bring every 
work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. It says, if there's a video camera focused on the heart of every person, running continually throughout life and recording every ungodly thought or misdeed hatched in secret, at the great white throne, judgment at video will be played before the judge and every dark secret will be exposed as condemning testimony against the unsaved. Yes, unsaved, exactly. The book of words. Oh boy, this is so important too. According to Acoustic Psychus, no sound is ever lost. Though sound waves diminish with distance, they reverberate perpetually available for recovery in the future. Similarly, every word spoken will be available as evidence against the unsaved at the great white throne judgment. Christ said, for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. When a defendant's book of words is open, no excuse will stand against the record of one's own revealed utterances. The book of conscience. Paul wrote that people's consciences will bear witness to their thoughts, accusing or else defending them on the day when God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Consciences are built in God-given right to right and wrong. But the conscience is not infallible because it can be manipulated, ignored, retrained, or stifled. And that's what we were saying. We and, were, were and, we? and that's bad when that happens, Kay. Mm-hmm. If you ever lose that, oh boy, you're in trouble. Those who tamper with their conscience, like those who tamper with evidence of criminal investigation, will face condemnation for the deliberate repressing of right and wrong. Oh, wow. That's a good way to put it, huh? The Book of Life. Scripture contains several references to the Book of Life. First century cities kept bound registers listing the names of everyone born within their walls. Citizens convicted of heinous crimes could be blotted from the register and exiled from the city. While the book of life may not be a literal book, the mind of God contains a list that functions in the same way. Every person born is recorded in God's register, but any name can be removed with just cause. Henry Morris elaborates. One can speculate that beside each person's name as entered in the book of time of conception will be recorded the time of his age of accountability, the date of his of his conversion to Christ as his savior and evidence demonstrating the genuineness of the conversion. However, if there are no entries for that last two items, by the time that person dies, the entire entry will be blotted out. Revelation 3, 5. And an awful blank will be left in the book at the place where his name would have been. Exhibiting this blank spot in the book will be the final and conclusive evidence that the person being judged must be consigned to the lake of fire. The punishment following the great white throne. Then death and Hades were cast into the fire, the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In this passage, we see the final phase of judgment against all ungenerate humans who ever lived. John calls it the second death. To explain two deaths, we must realize that death always involves a separation. The first death occurs when a person's physical body ceases to function. When heartbeats and breathing cease, we pronounce the person dead, which means the soul has separated from the body. The body is buried. While the soul is taken to an interim holding place called Hades to await judgment. At the last resurrection, the bodies of the unsaved will rise from the grave and their souls will emerge from Hades to be judged. After judgment, they will be cast into the lake of fire, hurled into hell. Now that reminds me of what I had read about between Hades is like the holding spot, a holding place, okay? And then hell is the final the final destination yes okay where they will be eternally separated from god this is the second death this ultimate separation from god is irreversible as dr isaac massey holloman wrote from this second death there is no resurrection the condemned will be sent out into the wide universe into the outer darkness they will be as wanderers stars wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. They shall wander through this unlit darkness of eternity as derelicts of humanity, tossed upon an endless and shoreless sea, souls that have missed the purpose for which created union and fellowship with God. In an age which asserts that everyone has a right to live by his own choice without consequence, the doctrine of hell is highly unpopular and often rejected. I think they think if I don't think about it, it's not going to happen. Even among many Christians. But scripture consistently affirms the existence of hell. For every word Jesus spoke about heaven, he spoke three about hell. For example, the king will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me. You cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into everlasting punishment. Paul affirms Jesus' words writing that those who reject God shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. The Bible pictures hell in horrific terms. It's a place of torment and flames, found in Luke, of wailing and gnashing of teeth, in Matthew, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, of fire and uh, brimstone. Um, I actually was listening to something yesterday where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Bible presents... This molten lake of fire and brimstone is the final destination of all who rebel against God throughout time. It will swallow the beast and the false prophet. At the end of the millennium, it will become the eternal home of Satan. He will be joined there by all whose names were not found in the book of life. As horrible as hell is, 
it will be worse for some than for others. There will be degrees of punishment with the worst reserved for the most heinous sins. In explaining his parable of the faithful and evil servants, Jesus said that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. In three Jewish cities, Christ performed spectacular miracles designed to produce repentance. But these cities rejected Christ, which will bring down on their heads punishment more severe than on the notoriously wicked cities of Tyre, Sidon, and Sodom. It grieves me to see this rejection of Christ occurring in Western nations today. Despite the abundance of Christian churches and the widespread availability of gospel, belief in God and obedience to him are plummeting. I sorrow the punishment awaiting those who turn their backs on God where knowledge of him is so prevalent. The church I lead is saturated with Bible teaching. We offer classes, fellowship, and a small Bible studies for all age levels. We offer women's and men's ministry, recreational and international ministries, radio, television, internet, and print ministries. Opportunities like these create responsibilities. Those who spurn such opportunities to hear and respond to Jesus Christ place themselves in perilous jeopardy. Who will end up in a lake of fire? John gives us a list. Cowardly, unbelieving, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This list includes all the evildoers you would expect to be condemned to hell. But there's one entry that may surprise you. Unbelieving. To the unbelieving is to reject God, which aligns one with those who commit the worst sins imaginable. You, the reader of this chapter, are in a happy position. If you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and come into an obedient relationship with Him, the opportunity lies open before you. It's not too late. You can still escape the rising torrent before it takes you under. But a time is coming when death will close your eyes. At that point, your eternal future will be sealed. Kay, that is so important. At that point, if you didn't accept Christ, you're done. You are done. You're done. I urge you to turn to Christ today at this moment. Christ himself said, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in, uh, believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Come to Christ now before it's too late. Your eternal future depends on it. Heavenly Father, Kay and I lift up everyone who is listening to the podcast today, God. 
We pray conviction, wisdom, blessings upon everyone who's watching. And for the unsaved, Father, you are reaching down to them right now, Father, ready to pick them up and hold them and love them and forgive them and guide them. No sin is too bad for you to forgive God. You tell us, come as you are. You do not have to change to go to God. Come as you are. That's kind of cool if you think about it. Come as you are. Give your life to God. Let him change you. Let him fill your heart with joy. Let him give you strength to get you through the hard times that you're going for through. The people who left you or who don't love you anymore, who have hurt you, who have wronged you. There's nothing better than God being your husband, your best friend, your father, everything because God provides everything for everyone. Heavenly Father, thank you and praise you for your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit that is down between us right now and everyone listening to this program. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And just ask, Father, that in this day, as it is called today, that lives be touched and lives be changed and lives be drawn into your kingdom. For your glory, Father, we give you the praise. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. We hope if there were unbelievers listening that you are a believer now. I'm sure you know somebody who's in church who can help you get on the right path. But if not, turn on TBN because there's all kinds of prayer lines. If you don't know who to pray with or talk to, you have local churches, you have everything. We thank you so much. And the next time we come together, we're going to be talking about new heaven and new earth. Thanks for stopping by. Once again, have a great week. God bless you.